Hey everybody, good morning and welcome to the IDB IP Group Live Innovators Q&A, your daily cast brought to you by Amir and Victoria, bringing you guys answers to common intellectual property questions. If you guys have any questions related to IP on patents, trademarks, copyrights, or trade secrets, send them to Victoria. You can email her at victoria at dbip.com. Uh, again, victoria at dbip.com. Also, if you guys have any um, questions that you guys want to just text me, feel free to join our texting community. Just text 415-943-5193, 415-943-5193. We'd love to have you part of our text community. And uh, if you guys text me questions, I'll get them on the show. All right, so this is episode number 72. We've been going strong at you guys every single morning, every day of the week. Um, we like to start off the show by doing a quick recap of what we did the day before, um, but just real quick before I hand it over to Victoria, I just wanted to remind everybody, we've been doing a whole series of awesome episodes on how you guys can go about filing your own trademark application for your mobile app name and logo. So really, really cool way to, to begin protecting your, your branding for your mobile applications. So I know this is going to apply to a lot of you guys. And again, we're doing it from the perspective of both individuals and companies. And we've shown you just about every possible variation. So if there's a particular situ situation that you're in, um, there, I'm guarantee, guarantee you there's more than likely a, there's we have a video on how you guys can do it. So all right. So Victoria, so what did we do on episode 71? On episode 71, we did how do I file a TS standard trademark application on a mobile application after I release it. So I, we showed you guys how you guys can, it was a word mark, right? I believe. Yeah. Right? yeah cool. So showed you guys, you guys might have a mobile app name um, and you might want to protect it so that you guys don't have to worry about competitors possibly taking your name and using it for similar good or service. So showed you guys post release, how you guys can go about filing a TS standard application on the actual word. It's the name of the application. So, Victoria, what are we doing today on episode 72? Today we're doing how do I file a TS standard, standard trademark application on a mobile application logo after I release it. Cool. So we showed you guys how to handle words, word marks yesterday. Today we're going to show you guys how you can use the TS standard to protect your logo. So that could be your icon or the logo that you have for advertising or branding for your actual mobile application. So to get started, what we have to do is we have to go to tsdr.uspto.gov. Um, before that, though, let me show you real quick just so you guys know what we're going to be doing in this episode. Um, I just want to show you guys the actual logo that we're going to be submitting and the sample uh, application. So let me bring it up here um, just so you guys know. All right, so this right here, this is the actual, this is the actual specimen. Now, real quick, a specimen is proof that you're actually using the mark in commerce. So what we're going to say is, is this is a hypothetical web page, and it shows a screenshot of the mobile application, a short description. So this is a video editing mobile application. And then and then this is really, really, really important. It provides a means for the user to actually download the mobile application onto their mobile phone. All right. So these are the key ingredients to a specimen. All right. Uh, we're going to go into, the, again, the details of the specimen later in this episode. but. I just wanted to show you guys what we exactly what we're going to be doing. And again, what we're going to be protecting is up on the upper right corner. So this this visual design here, wheel bound. And again, this is a we have TM there because it hasn't yet been registered, but we're going to hopefully register it today. All right. 
So again, this is a larger image of the actual logo. So let's get started. We'll jump right into it. This will all start making more sense as you guys uh, see the, the trademarking process go forward. So uh, again, tsdr.uspto.gov, that's the starting place. Uh, if you guys forget that, just Google USPTO trademark application. It'll be one of the really, really early hits. Um, so let's see, where is my, oh, here it is. Okay, cool. So again, tsdr.uspto.gov, that's where I'm at now. And then all you do is click file online. Now, one thing I want to remind you guys of is I'm actually already logged in. So when I, when I go through this, um, I'm going to get right to the application page. So I'm going to click on initial application forms and then start your application in TS. So as I said, because I'm logged in, it takes me directly to the start of the application. However, if you are following this video on your own at home and you are not logged in, have never created a USPTO.gov account, then once you click start your application, it's going to take you to a login page. So you're going to have to actually log in to your USPTO.gov account. Now, if you don't have one, it's not a problem because they're really, really easy to create. It's really simple to create a USPTO.gov account. Um, you can create one in a few minutes. So just go ahead and create one. Um, and then log in, all right? So then when you go back to tsd.uspto.gov and click follow the prompts, initial application forms, start your application in TS, you will get to this page right here, all right? So again, uh, for those of you who didn't see the episode yesterday, I'll just give you guys a quick recap. So there's two types of, generally two types of applications. There's uh, TS plus applications and TS standard applications. The TS plus applications cost 225 per class the TS standard costs 275 per class. So the TS standard applications are $50 more. Now, the reason why you should probably file a TS standard is because you have full latitude in the description of the goods and services that you provide. So you're not limited to the can descriptions of goods and services that the TS plus application limits you to. So for that very reason, I usually just advise my clients to pursue the TS standard application and pay the $50 more. All right. So, um, Oh, this is interesting. Huh. That's more me than more than screen. I think, yeah, we should do that. All right. A little easier to read. All right, cool. So we're going to do the TS standard. We're going to pick, oh, whoa, what's going on? Did it? Oh, okay. There we go. So again, we're going to do the TS standard and pay $50 more, pay $275, and we're going to file it from the perspective of an individual. Guys, if you guys have a company, don't worry. We're going to, we're going to create content for how you guys can do it for your company. And again, we're going to do every variation, word mark and logo mark. We already did a whole slew of episodes for how you can do it for your business and as an individual under an intent to use. So before you actually file your trademark, before you actually release your app, you can already start protecting it. So go back and watch those videos. All right. So we're going to go ahead and click um, continue. And we're going to scroll down. We're going to input our name. And again, they liked the last name, comma, first name, followed by the initial. And then when I click individual, it's going to ask me for my citizenship. So you go ahead and input that there. So you're going to put your citizenship. And then when we scroll down, we're going to input our address. So again, I'm going to go ahead and put my co-working space as my address. It's in Oakland and zip. All right. Now, one thing I want to point out, everything in this application is going to become public. And so you want to keep that in mind. If you guys are public figures, if you guys have millions of followers on Twitter, Instagram, um, you may not want to have your home address publicly available out, out in the world. So what you can do is, is you can put a PO box up top and then down below, you can provide your actual domicile address. So just you would uncheck this box and then put your home address in here. This is the one section of the application that is supposed to remain confidential. So 
again, if you're a public figure, you probably don't want to put your public home information of your actual residence up here. So that's where the trademark office gives you an opportunity to enter a domicile address that is not public and not going to be published. Now, phone number and fax number, again, um, optional. I encourage people to, if you guys have, if you guys already have a customer facing number, go ahead and put it there. But remember, uh, like most of you, I prefer also to keep my public phone number off um, public records just to reduce spam calls. So I'm going to go ahead and put my email address in here, my website address, I'll just leave blank. But again, if you have a public facing website, you might want to put it in. Now, when I click continue, I'm going to get a warning. It's going to say, hey, you didn't input my, your phone number. Again, I put my email in earlier. The examiner is going to be able to communicate with me via that email. Now, it's really important. Any correspondence that you get is going to be sent to that email address. So make sure that you guys pick an email address that you guys actually check and is reliable. So I'm going to ignore this warning. I'm going to click continue. Um, and now I'm going to get to this page here. This is the page where I actually upload my mark. Now, it's going to have an option for a special form, stylized and or design. That's my jam. That's what I want to do because the standard character mark would be for the word mark. So that's what we did yesterday on just the word wheel bound. Today, we're going to do a special form, stylized and or design mark. And this is going to let us actually submit our logo. So the first thing that I want to point out when you do a logo is that there's certain requirements. So the pixel count cannot be smaller than 250 pixels in any dimension or larger than 944 pixels in any one dimension. So you want to keep it within those bounds. Now, what I generally recommend doing is make it as large as you can up to the 944 pixels just because you want a crisp, solid image for the principal register. And again, I'm going to submit a grayscale black and white. Now, if color really is, in fact, a distinctive feature of your mark, then go ahead and, and, and claim color as a feature. But generally, I like to claim no color as a feature of the mark. So I just submit a grayscale black and white. In my opinion, that kind of gives you broader protection because then someone who rips off um, your mark, if it's a color mark, their, their color might be different. And so they might be able to argue that theirs is distinctive because they use a different color. So I prefer just submit visual designs without claiming color as a feature. And again, JPEGs, you cannot submit a PNG. Uh, it's got to be a JPEG or a PDF. So let's go ahead and upload the image. We're going to click Choose File. And then once we select our logo, one second. OK, so now I've selected my logo. And I'm going to click Attach. It's really important you click Attach. If you don't click Attach, your, your logo is not going to be connected to the application. You'll get an error. So click Attach. And the reason you know it's been successfully attached is because it actually shows up in the actual form of the application. And if you click on it, it'll open a new link and it'll show you a big image of it. Again, that's what we want. We want a nice big image. I think it may show up crisper on the, on the principal register. So now we're going to type in the literal element of the mark. So this could be um, any text that shows up in the mark you need to input here. So I'm going to go ahead and type in wheelbound. Um, and then if you're claiming color as a feature, you'd actually input the colors here. Now, we are not claiming color as a feature of the mark, so we're going to check this box here, right, because we are not claiming color as a feature of the mark. Now, we have to explain what the mark consists of. So I'm going to go ahead and describe it. Now, remember, they're going to add this text before, and they're going to add the period at the end, so you don't have to re-input that. So you just type in after the mark consists of, so a visual design of a wheel having a having the text wheel bound at the center. 
And again, they're going to add the period for you automatically. So this looks good to me. So I'm going to go ahead and click continue. Now, um, if the examiner has any sort of issues with the description, they're going to send you a request to modify the description. But again, you should just do your best. Just try to describe the, the mark as best you can in terms of what it actually is showing. Now, this is the cool part. This is where we get to enter our own freeform text. Um, in the TS Plus application, you cannot do this. So this is this is the part where we really see the difference between the TS Standard and the TS Plus. So the TS Standard is really cool, and the reason why we like it is because we can actually enter our own text in here. Now, I'm going to go ahead and click Add Goods and Services, and then I'm going to select Class 9. Now, Class 9 covers downloadable software that's actually recorded on a machine. So in here, I can actually input any description that I want. Now, Victoria helped me come up with this with this um, design for this mobile app. So it's a video editing mobile application. So I'm just going to type that in today. Video editing, um, yeah, video video editing mobile applications. Um, downloadable. I'm add the word downloadable just to really clarify. Oh, is that uh, video editing, downloadable mobile applications. So again, full latitude. I get to word it any way I want. I'm not limited to this canned descriptions that are found in the trademark standard uh, TS Plus application. Now I'm going to go ahead and click Section 1A. This is where I actually input uh, four very important things. So one is the actual specimen, a description of the specimen, and three um, and four are dates. Now there's two critical dates, the date that I first used the mark anywhere and the date that I first used the mark in commerce. So the first use anywhere could be the date that I first put the logo on a web page, on a landing page, um, or in an email signature. And then the use any uh, use in commerce would be the date that an out-of-state consumer downloaded and purchased my mobile application. So again, uh, really important, you need to invoke interstate commerce. So generally to be conservative, um, I like to use the date that an out-of-state consumer downloaded and purchased your application as the date of uh, first use in, in commerce down here. So let's go ahead and start off by first attaching the specimen. Again, I created it beforehand. So um, I'm just going to attach it now. Just waiting for this to load. Okay. Now, when you click choose file, you select it, and then you will see that it was downloaded. I will show you guys how. Again, you have to click attach. So the trademark office filing system requires you to hit this attach button. And so unless, and you need to see, I don't know why it's zooming me out, but you gotta see it in, uh, that's good, right, Victoria? Yeah. So you gotta see it actually here. So once you see it, then you can click return to form. And that's how you know that it's been attached. Now for the description of specimen, I'm gonna go ahead and type in, uh, now, one really, really important thing. If your specimen is a web page, you need to de describe, you need to include two pieces of information. One is the URL or the link that you, um, where you can access the web page. And second, you have to include the date that you access the web page. So I'm going to go ahead and type in a screenshot of a web page. And then I'm going to input the URL. Let's do wheelbound app. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it actually wheelbound app mobile. Wheelbound app video editing. 
com. How about that? And I'm going to say um, accessed on, and then I'm going to give today's date. I'm going to say I accessed it today. Wait, today's the 8th. Um, showing the applied for mark above a screenshot of a video editing application and with a download button below. So um, this description has a lot, but it, it actually does several really important things. So one, it tells the examiner, hey, look, this is a customer facing screenshot where the user sees the mark and then sees the goods. So in this case, downloadable mobile application for video editing, and then also provides a means for the user to download the mobile application onto their phone. So that, that's really, really important. And then it also satisfies the requirement that was recently imposed by the trademark office that I mentioned before of having the URL and the date accessed. These are two very new requirements. And again, they I think they were issued in February of 2020. So if you do not provide the URL and the date of access, then you're gonna get a rejection. Now we're gonna include the two very important dates, which is the first use of the mark anywhere, and then the first use in commerce. And again, um, I like to be conservative and use the date that an out-of-state consumer downloaded or purchased the application. Now I'm gonna go ahead and click assign filing basis. Once I do that, uh, I'm gonna get a warning about the, they don't like the text for some reason. You, I'm just gonna disregard it. This happens sometimes. Um, it might be because of the apostrophe or something, but anyways, uh, now we can see our mark here, class nine, here's the description. And the reason, the, the, the way we know that it's been assigned is that it shows up here, assigned filing basis 1A. And then if you click on it, you can actually go back and actually edit it if you need to edit it, like if you don't like this, the description of the specimen. So this looks really good. I'm gonna go ahead and click continue. And then I'm gonna input my, my docket number. And again, this docket code is just a way for you to keep track of your, your trademark applications. We have hundreds of trademark applications, so our docket reference codes are really, really important. Um, that's how we keep track of everything. And then again, I highly encourage you guys, if you guys have teammates, colleagues, people that are also helping you with the trademark um, that are on your team, I would include their email addresses. That way they also get correspondence from the trademark office. So um, when you get an office action, you have six months to respond. If you don't respond within six months, your trademark application will go abandoned. So I encourage you guys to include anyone on your team. That way you guys are always in the loop and nothing um, slips through the cracks. So really good idea. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna add Victoria uh, because she's awesome and she's gonna make sure that nothing, um, that we don't miss any dates. But if I have other team members, I can put up to four people, just separate their emails with semicolons. I'm gonna go ahead and click continue. And then when I get to this page here, I'll be able to actually sign the application. Now there's um, four things that you have to sign. And what I encourage you guys to do is to read this. So if you guys are doing this on your own, I highly encourage you guys to read every single word of this declaration so you understand exactly what you're getting yourself into. So the first checkbox uh, explains that you're filing under an actual use. Now this trips up a lot of people because down below it says intent to use, but look, there's an or here. So the top part of this statement applies to you. So. Um, the, the check marks below flesh it out, but basically um, what you're attesting to is that you're the owner of the mark, you have a right to use the mark in commerce, and everything that's in this application is true. And this is fleshed out down below. So again, this second checkbox is basically saying that you don't know of any other 
um, entity or individuals that are using a similar looking mark for this for a similar class of goods and services. And the third checkbox is saying that that everything in this application is supported, is factually true. And then the fourth is that is saying that you understand you're signing under penalty of perjury. So willfully false statements could be subject to fine or imprisonment. So once you carefully reviewed all these different declarations, you can then go down below and actually sign it by putting your name within slashes and then adding date signed uh, automatically autofills it. And again, I like to put last name, comma, first name followed by my initial. And then just owner, you can do owner, holder, uh, owner slash holder. And again, this is just if you're filing as an individual, if you're filing as a company, then you'd actually put your title like CEO, CFO, CTO, uh, managing member, governor, uh, sole shareholder, wh whatever it may be. But in this case, since I'm filing in this hypothetical as an individual, so I'm personally releasing this mobile application out in the world, then I'm gonna file as the owner. So I'm not gonna put my phone number. And again, when I click validate, it's gonna give me an error saying, hey, you didn't put your phone number in, but it's okay. They have my email, so they'll be able to get a hold of me. I'm gonna go ahead and click continue. And then when I get to here, um, this is the very last page before I submit. So this is giving me an opportunity to actually review the application, make sure everything is actually correct. Again, here's the logo, here's the wheel bound. This is the literal element of the mark. This is the description, so it's a visual design of a wheel. Um, I didn't go up to the 944 pixels. You could have, but I thought it was big enough. It should be should be good enough. This is the, our mailing address, our email. And again, citizenship here. Now, this is the really important part. This is where we have the actual 1A basis for filing. Again, we're filing under class nine, which is on downloadable software applications. And again, this is the description of the goods. Now, this is the really cool bit, right? Because this is the part where we actually got to input our own description of goods. We weren't limited uh, to the TS plus description that is provided by the TS plus application. So you pay 50, 50 bucks more and you have all this latitude. So pretty good situation. Now, again, this is a section 1A application, um, actual use, and these are the two dates. So this is the date that we first used it. So this could be the date that you signed your name, put the logo out on social media, use it on, on landing page, but hadn't yet released your mobile application. This 10-5 date now, this is the date of use in commerce. This is the date where you actually have consumers actually downloading and accessing your mobile application. And again, to be conservative, I encourage you guys to use the date that the first out-of-state consumer, out-of-state resident actually downloaded and purchased your application just to be safe. Um, again, this is the file name, this is the file, this is the specimen that we're submitting and the description of the specimen. And just to quickly recap, two really important things. Whenever you submit a web page as a specimen, you have to have the URL and the date that you accessed it. So in this case, I'm just gonna say I accessed it on today um, and then a description of what it actually shows. Um, and again, this is contact correspondence. So my email, Victoria's email, our docket code, and again, 275 per class, not 225. So it's a little more expensive than TS Plus, but we have all this latitude. Um, and again, this is, this is my uh, information there, my signature. I'm gonna go ahead and click back. Application looks good. Now, let's say that, and this is look over the mark, right here, and then if you click on specimen, it actually shows you a link to the specimen. So if you click that, um, it's gonna it's gonna create a pop-up, but um, again, make sure that specimen looks good. I'm gonna go ahead and click back. Now, real quick, if you guys had some mistake or error in the application, all you have to do is click go back to modify. You can actually go backwards throughout the entire application and forwards, and it actually saves all your information. So it's really, really handy. You don't lose anything going backwards or forwards. So. Just keep that in mind. If you guys do actually need to fix something, they make it super simple, super easy to do that. Um, and again, before we can submit, 
we have to check three boxes. The first checkbox is saying that we understand that there's no refunds. So if my logo actually isn't the right logo and it's actually a different design, tough luck. You can't submit a whole new logo, even though it looks similar or the same, it's not going to, it's not going to fly. You have to submit a whole new application and pay a whole new fee. So make sure that your logo is the actual logo that you actually want to file on. The second is that everything in your application is going to be public. So you don't have a right to confidentiality. So keep that in mind. In other words, your address, all that information, your full name, that's all going to be out there in the public. As soon as you click, um, pay, submit and pay the fee. The third is that you're probably also, because everything's public, you're probably going to get a scam letter from one of these companies that go around sending letters to people that have filed, trying to shake them down for fees that they don't actually have to pay. It's a huge scam. If you just click on this link that the application provides you or Google misleading notices, uh, we actually did a whole episode on misleading notices, but if you just Google USPTO misleading notices, um, you'll, it'll, it'll be the first hit. The trademark office keeps track of all these various companies that put out these, these, these scam letters. Um, but basically, all you got to know is that the trademark office fees—they're all paid through the trademark system. So you're not—you're not mailing a fee. You're not going to some some other portal. It's always through USPTO.gov. It's always through their trademark filing system. So that's the huge first big tell. Now, if you're unsure, just go to this page on the trademark site and just look up the name of the person that sends you the letter. And more than likely, you're going to find the letter you're gonna find the name of the company sending you this letter on this list because they do a really, really good job of keeping track of all these scam companies out there. All right, so once that's all, that all looks good to you guys, just go ahead and click the button to check the box, understanding these three items. And then um, very last thing before you submit, if you guys are not 100% sure that this application is ready to go, you can save the application. Just click save form and it's gonna download a, what's called a .obj file. That .obj file you can then use tomorrow. So you can, so I can download the .obj file, talk to Victoria about it, ask her some questions, come back, um, start the application again, but then upload the .obj file. And then it re essentially restores your entire application session. So you can just click through, you can get through the application really quickly, make the changes that you need to make, uh, if any, and then click submit, get to this, get to this payment page at the very end. So application looks good. I'm gonna go ahead and click pay submit. And then it's gonna take me to the payment page where I can submit the 275 to pay the fees. Um, now um, on this page here, uh, it's taking a while to load, but it's gonna show you that you gotta pay 275 and that's per class. But once we, we see our docket code here, 275, and then once you can, you can just click the, the debit card, credit card, fill it out and click submit payment. Now, once you submit the payment, it's gonna let you download the application and what's called a filing receipt. That filing receipt has the date filed and also the serial number. The serial number is really, really handy guys because that will be tied to your application throughout the entire application process and then even post, post issuance. So again, tsdr.uspto.gov, you go to this page here um, and then you can actually check the status of your application. So you go to tsdr.uspto.gov and type in the serial number right here and click status. It'll show you all the information about your application. So keep that filing receipt. Um, by the way, if you guys didn't download it for some reason, it's not an issue because they're gonna send you an email. They'll send me an email, Victoria an email, and everybody else that was on the correspondence. So you'll get a copy of the filing receipt via email, which also has a serial number. And again, you can check the status of your application by going to tsdr.uspto.gov right here. 
So just click there, uh, go to that link and type in your serial number and you will be able to see the status of it. Um, so that is how you guys can file a trademark application on your logo post release using the TS standard application. So we've concluded mobile applications for individuals. Um, this is episode number 72. We're going to show you guys how you guys can do it for your business, for your company, uh, LLC, C Corp, whatever it may be for mobile applications post release. So we will go through those uh, in future episodes. Thank you so much for watching. You guys have questions about intellectual property. You guys want to focus on anything in particular, just send them to Victoria. She's at Victoria to DBIP.com. Uh, please send the questions your way. If you guys are entrepreneurs, innovators, inventors, want to be on the show, would love to have you on. And then um, we also have a community number. So we'd love to have you join our community. It's 415-943-5193, 415-943-5193. We'd love to have you guys uh, on our text community and direct access to me. Really, really good way. If you guys have questions about IP, just text them to this number. We'll get them answered on the show. Thank you so much for watching. This is episode 72. Looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow for episode 73. Thank you so much.